Hey guys, Tyler here. So kind of a uh, different thing I'm doing right now um, for, we don't usually do this most years, but I thought this year went really well where we did our top 10 lists uh, for 2020 for our game of the years. And uh, I thought we did a really good job of, you know, um, spending uh, just a decent amount of time on our 10 through twos. And then actually, as we were going on, we spent more and more time, especially in that top five talking about why those games are where they are in our list and the things we loved about them uh, but we both both of us Gables and I kind of unplanned spent a good chunk of time talking about um, our number one picks and a good chunk of time on those so for a lot of people that maybe you know um, just jumping in or don't really know us or whatever I thought it'd be kind of fun that if you don't want to sit through the uh, near two hours of podcasts we did for our top 10 list and maybe just want to know what our number one what number ones were and why uh, this would be a good way for a lot of people to jump in if you're jump in if you're new or just don't have the time to uh, sit through. So this one right here, this uh, this one is actually Gables. He went first, so I figured it'd be make sense to post his first, and then I'll post mine tomorrow. But um, his number one is a uh, Persona Five uh, Royal. Uh, but real fast, I wanted to do his top uh, ten as what well, the rest of his top ten. Uh, so ten he had Fall Guys, nine was Battletoads, eight was Dogarai, seven was Among Us, six Streets Rage, four. Uh, five was Destiny 2 Expansion Beyond Light. Number four was Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number three was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remake. Number two was Ghost of Tsushima. And then, of course, number one, Persona 5 Royal. So I hope you guys really enjoy this. Uh, then check back soon with uh, my part uh, for my number one. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy. Gables, what's your number one? All right. So my number one game of 2020 should come as no surprise to people who know me. Last of Us Part Two. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Anyway, it's Persona Five Royal. <laughs> so, what is there to be said, really? I mean, Persona Five Royal. The reason why I consider it to be the best game that I've played this year comes from a couple of factors. One, when it comes to RPGs, JRPGs. It normally takes me a little bit more time to get into some of them, and especially something that is known to be quite a lengthy experience. A normal playthrough of Persona game is at least 100 hours or over, and a lot of that is due because of the story. The story that ends up building over time, and a lot of the different social features that you have to do inside of some of these later Persona games. This started with Persona 3, and it's worked its way over into Persona 5 Royal, which in of itself is like the definitive edition, the more or less the, the uh, not only just the definitive edition, but it has a lot of like the extra stuff that makes it worthwhile of another release, honestly. So Persona 5 Royal, the story of it is absolutely fantastic. It's a slow burn, quintessentially... You start off as a kid that's being transferred over to like a Shibuya and this and none of that because of an altercation that he ended up getting into by from some uh, some dude that's like pretty much like coming onto a woman and stuff like that. He was drunk, belligerent and stuff, and he basically got basically sued the kid and this and that and ended up winning that thing and he gets sent over to like uh, someone that his parents knew and stuff that who they owed like he owed a favor to them or something and so you're in this you're inside this pretty much this coffee bar right 
And so your process throughout this entire game here is to build up your social standings and stuff. Make sure you do your homework. Make sure you go and have all these various stuff. On top of that, a mystery starts to unfold with all these psychotic breakdowns of people occurring around, like, the all around, like, the city area. So you have, like, people, like, say, on a subway, like, these, uh, the lead conductor of a subway, like, monorail thing, all of a sudden he has a psychotic breakdown and crashes and all this other shit goes on. And, like, your basic story elements you have to go through and find out the mystery of that on top of exploring all these different forays into people's minds, right, in order to help not only extend, like, the the effect of people believing in the Phantom Thieves, but also changing hearts, quintessentially, where where each individual palace in this game is you delving into a person's heart in order to try to change a lot of, like, uh, what they're doing, what they're thinking, so that way you don't have, like, some sort of major catastrophe that's going to go ahead and do this and do that. Like, for example, the very first one, the very first palace of the game has to deal with a well, it has to deal with a teacher at the school you go to. So this is going to be make a little minor spoilers, but for those that have already played this game and know what I'm talking about, yeah, you're going to go ahead. So the first palace is I have to deal with this teacher by the name of Kamashita, And basically, this guy has this, like, uh, has this sort of, like, uh, constructional things where it's part of, a, like, a different set. So it's like each, each palace is more or less akin to, like, the seven deadly sins, quintessentially. And his is lust. And so all of his dungeon is, like, uh, his palace is structured after this theme. And so you get to delve into this guy's psyche and what he really thinks of, like, his students and also, like, of the girls and all the other stuff, like his own students and this and that. He's, a, like, some fucked up dude. To be perfectly honest with you. This is like a former Olympic medalist or whatever the hell that his character portrays. But uh, you get to discover little factoids about like... uh, Of like what he's doing to the students and what's going on, this and that. And that leads... And that kind of builds up to where eventually you have to face up against the shadow version of himself. And then go through this and that in order for him to like have his heart change and stuff. So it's moments like that where the story slowly builds and then all of a sudden it crescendos like at the end of a palace and all of a sudden after that issue is resolved you have to go to the next one and then the next one and I was left wondering how the hell this story is going to be going through next you know and while you're doing that for story wise the gameplay the combat fantastic it's a great turn based RPG you're going through you're collecting different personas you're using communication stuff in order to try to convince them to join your side so you can use their powers so that you can go through, say, in a place called the Velvet Room where you get to combine all these, like, these uh, personas that you collect, all these various demons that you come into contact with to make even stronger versions, like stronger forms. And so all these complexities, they're simple in regards to try to construct. They're simple in terms of their understanding, but when you combine all these intricacies inside of this slow burn type of a game, it crescendos to a point where finally you get over the 100 hour mark and you get close to the end game and everything comes together so effortlessly that it feels like, it feels like that uh, (laughs) second nature quintessentially. So at this moment of time, I'm over 130 hours. I'm in the middle of a second playthrough. I've maxed all the social standings 
like the social skills in regards to the five that uh, your character has to go through and level up along the way. Amongst that, I'm also going through and catching up on the dialogues of the other characters that I really cared about in regards to the main first playthrough I did. Because you get to find out all sorts of the different side characters, and by leveling up your social-like relationships with them, it makes you more powerful in terms of creating more monsters or gaining certain skills that you didn't have before. And I gotta admit, man, it's like you get to evolve your party members and their personas that they have as well. So everything that you do in this game is not a waste of time. It goes and progresses in some form. That's what I really enjoy about Persona 5 Royal. It is mindful of the player's time. It does not waste your time with a lot of fluff, unless you want to go through and grind in a specific dungeon or specific palace. But, at the same point, it does not insult you. It is mindful of your time. It even tells you inside the various, like, uh, the, the loading screens, it's like, take your time. Because any type of choice you make inside this game, you know, it's... It's impactful of what you go through and do next. But amongst everything else, you know, it's like, oh man, it's such a fantastic experience. And it's really hard for me to really go into any more detail without it, without you actually going through and playing it yourself. But I would recommend, if you've never played this type of game before, I feel like it's one of the more approachable JRPGs in that retrospect. Because... Even though, even though it may seem daunting the way I'm explaining it, all it is really is you starting off with one thing, and that's starting your school life. And then all of a sudden, things will start to build progressively. You meet people, then you'll go through, you'll take little quizzes here and there, because for some odd reason they have little factoids about actual historical facts or actual folklore stuff. But then the... Then, then eventually you'll get to build up and understand things to a certain extent to where everything just clicks and you get things going and it feels awesome and you have like all these different like teammates that you can actually go through and use as a specific build or specific characters. God, there's a bunch of characters I love in this game. Even inside my party, you know, like Makoto, she's awesome in terms of like being a support character, in terms of like... Uh, using a lot of her abilities, especially her nuclear powers and stuff, her nuclear attack powers that she has. Yusuke, really love this guy. He's an artist. He basically has all these heavy attack, like, uh, persona attacks and stuff from his, uh, from uh, his a creature called Goemon and stuff that he has. Oh my gosh. The one final thing I'll say about Persona 5 Royal is one of my most memorable moments was facing off against the Grim Reaper inside of, like, uh, that, uh, the palace, that, uh, the main palace thing. I forget the name of it now. But, uh, it's the one where you get to go down through layers, like, tier by tier and stuff until finally you get to, like, to the end of it, eventually. But there is a high-level boss that frequents this place and you'll only have a chance to beat him if you are at a high enough level to do so and he's there even at the beginning of the game if you dawdle for too long in an area while you're exploring it he'll come out and he'll whip your ass if you're not careful this is a boss at level 80 and here you are you can gain access to fight him at like level 12 <laughs> or some shit but uh, the, my biggest 
accomplishment in that game was beating the Grim Reaper. My party was like at the like the early 60s. I was able to do all sorts of various stuff. I collected a lot of items. I collected a lot of various things. And I was able to muscle it. And it was such a slog, but I fucking beat this dude. Like, literally after about a good solid 20 or 30 minutes of this one boss battle. And I felt so accomplished. And I got things done so well. And the only reason why I was able to do that is because I was able to pinpoint, hey, if I can just block him from using these one-hit kill moves, like from like, like uh, for light attacks or like dark attacks, these one-hit moves and stuff, these one-hit kill things by using this item or using this item to do through and block this specific type of attack. And I was actually thinking methodically, like in, like someone from like a fucking MMO RPG goes into a fucking raid battle for God's sake. I was just taking things monotonously. I never do that unless I'm really into something like this. But honestly, it's number one for me in the year 2020 because it appeals to what I love most. And that's a great game, great gameplay, great story, great replayability. And it's definitely a fucking fantastic game. More people need to play this. And it's on sale right now on the fucking PSM for like 30 bucks as of this writing. As of this recording. 